eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui coming to you from Upper Hand Fantasy. All right, so we're in the playoffs officially starting tonight. Thursday night game. What a way to kick it off. ton of fantasy-relevant players. Chiefs at Chargers. Um... By the way, obviously, the elephant in the room, Urban Meyer getting fired. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of upset that it happened uh, because, you know, there was a lot, of, a lot of funny, you know, details and interesting things coming out of that whole situation. And we won't be entertained uh, much anymore uh, about it. So, you know, in a way, I'm disappointed. <laughs> but uh, obviously, this was uh, going to happen at some point. Uh, you know, it happened, you know, soon enough. Uh, after that whole thing happened in October with with the girl at the, the bar, whatever, and then, yeah, not a great situation for Urban Meyer. Uh, wishing the best. <laughs> anyway, uh, James Robinson, obviously, you know, and I'm gonna talk. I'll talk about this tomorrow because I'm not necessarily talking about the Jaguars game today. It's the first game I'm gonna be talking about in tomorrow's podcast because I do split up this matchup preview podcast into two episodes. Uh, this is the first week in a while where there's no bye week so we're talking eight games in each podcast so we're um chock full of content chock full where's that from it's from some like some food product chock full of nuts is that what it is i think that's what it is um so you know uh i think i think urban meyer was the one who told their running back coach bernard parmalee to bench james robinson after his fumble in week 13 i think and tom palisaro reported that that was the case. So, uh, yeah. So if James Robinson fumbles again, uh, which he doesn't, by the way, he's not a fumbler, which is the most interesting part of this whole thing. Uh, I think he should be fine. So the usage was better last week, like on a percentage basis, like, you know, snaps wise, you know, running back share wise, you know, carry wise, I'm sorry, the percentage of carries, you know, the far majority of it went to James Robinson. Carlos had, I think only played like 22% of snaps. He was in the forties the couple weeks prior. So, we're looking okay with James Robinson, especially in the matchup. 
you know, that he has uh, this week against the Texans. Uh, but anyway, I digress. We're, we'll talk about that game more. We'll talk more about that game tomorrow. Uh, but I guess we're, we're talking fantasy relevant players, so I think that's it. I think I covered the whole game for the Texans at the Jaguars. But anyway, let's talk about Thursday night game. Uh, Chiefs at Chargers, 52 point over under. The Chiefs are favored by three points in L.A. Um, so Patrick Mahomes, the last time these guys played played together, played together. The last time these two <laughs> these two teams played, um, he threw three touchdowns and 360 yards. Um, solid QB one start this week. This could be a shootout. You want him in your lineup. Travis Kelsey had two bad games in a row, but these games weren't that close, especially last week. Uh, I would start him as a high end tight end one. Uh, he did have a 100 yard game the last time that these two teams uh, played each other. <laughs> or played together. Uh, same with Tyreek Hill. Like, start him as a low-end... Uh, I'm sorry, low-end. High-end wide receiver one. Uh, not a great start to this podcast, huh? Um, <laughs> Tyreek Hill didn't have, like, a great game the first time around, but he always, you know, his upside is always, you know, worth putting in your lineup, obviously. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's a low-end RB2. He is the primary rusher for the Chiefs. Dow Williams is the primary passing down back. Um, if the Chiefs choose... To use that run funnel that the Chargers allow on defense, CH can potentially get some volume this week. Dow Williams, he's a desperate flex play if you need one. He's still running routes on more than 50% of dropbacks, uh, so there is some potential for targets here. Um, hopefully Austin Eckler plays. He was practicing to stomach some extent on Wednesday, which is a great sign. You, you know, I'm starting him if he's active. Uh, if he's not active for whatever reason, uh, Justin Jackson would be my preferred play out of this backfield. He's a flex at best, though. We can see him and Josh Kelly split work, and I wouldn't be surprised if Larry Roundtree gets involved too. Uh, but since Jackson would be the preferred pass catching option, this is a pass first offense. He's my guy. Uh, but you know, hopefully Eckler plays. Keenan Allen also practicing on Wednesday. He was, you know, taken off the COVID list. The Chiefs have a huge vulnerability in the nickel, so Allen can have a big Thursday night. Uh, Justin Herbert also is a solid QB1 in a potential shootout, uh, even with the Chiefs' defense playing better lately. And going back to Keenan Allen real quick, if Keenan Allen was out, Josh Palmer would be a plug-and-play because he actually played the Keenan Allen role, uh, played, you know, a majority of his snaps uh, and, you know, ran a majority of his routes from the slot, you know, running some outside as well. But, you know, he basically took over what Keenan Allen was doing and, and he performed. He looked good. Uh, Mike Williams is a boom-bust wide receiver three-play. Uh, this is a relatively tough matchup for him on the outside, but there will be, you know, there'll likely be a lot of points to go around. So if you need a tiebreaker, you know, between him and someone else, you know, that, that could be the, the tiebreaker you're looking for. All right, moving on to the Raiders at the Browns. Uh, the Browns are, did I mention, did I talk about um, Justin Herbert? Yeah, I did. Um, moving on to the Raiders at the Browns. The Raiders are favored by one point. Uh, 38 and a half over under <laughs> looking like a low scoring game here. Uh, and that's probably because the Browns have a serious COVID problem right now. The, the Raiders can, you know, can walk into Cleveland with, with a pretty easy win, assuming that the Browns keep losing people, you know, um, well, you know, at least for this game, when you talk about COVID and losing people, that's not a great thing to say, I guess, but, um, you know, losing players for a one week or two week basis because they got COVID, right? Um, and if the Raiders don't win this game, I mean, come on, you know, like if if they're not affected to the point where Cleveland is in terms of like, you know, how many practice squad players they got to bring up and how many backup players they got to put in, I mean, you know, they should win this game. But Baker Mayfield might be out. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt already out with an ankle injury. You know, they have some linemen out as well. 
Uh, Nick Chubb is not out. He did just have COVID, you know, recently, so he should be good. Uh, I'm still starting him, you know, as an RB1 without Kareem Hunt. Um, there is put some potential upside uh, with with Chubb as long as, you know, his offensive line can hold up their end of the bargain because he's going to be the guy. Um, Deion Johnson will get some work. Um, he's also, he's going to be, you know, he should be rostered as a handcuff to Chubb while Hunt is out, just in case Hunt is out multiple weeks. Jarvis Landry also on the COVID list. Um, he might not play. Uh, I'd be just avoiding this offense outside of Nick Chubb. It, it, and it seems like David Njoku uh, is going to be off the COVID list, so I won't be playing Austin Hooper uh, this week. Josh Jacobs should have a good day. He's a high in RB2. Uh, if Jalen Richard assumes all the passing down work again, um, you know, you know, he can be downgraded because of that potentially. And Jalen Richard is off the COVID list, by the way. But I, I'd assume that this stays, um, you know, as a neutral or positive game script for the Raiders. Um, so Josh Jacobs should be able to get some get some volume in this game. Darren Waller didn't practice as of Wednesday. We'll see if he practices this week, you know, Thursday, Friday. If he does practice and play, I'd start him as a solid tight end one. Uh, Foster Moreau's route participation did jump up to 85% last week, which makes him streamable if Waller uh, is out. Foster Moreau's route participation uh, the couple weeks prior was not great, you know. So, so with that going up, he could potentially do some things this week. Hunter Renfro is a solid wide receiver, too, at this point. He's had, like, 18 PPR fantasy points or more in five of his last six games. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, and you can't bench that, right? Uh, Cleveland has also been vulnerable in the slot this year. They're, they're giving up the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers. So, you know, fire him up. Patriots at the Colts. The Patriots are favored. No, the Colts are favored by 2.5 points, 45.5 over under. Damian Harris has been getting limited practice in this week with a hamstring injury. If he can't go, oh, by the way, this Raiders-Browns game and this Patriots-Colts game is on Saturday, okay? So don't wait until Sunday to set your lineup, okay? Saturday afternoon is when the first game starts uh, on the East Coast, and then there's, there's a night game, which is the Patriots and Colts game, okay? Just letting you know. Um, now, if Damian Harris can't go, Ramondre Stevenson would be a high-end RB2. If Harris does play, Stevenson, I think, would be a low-end RB2 because it's possible he's the 1A while they don't put put too much on Harris. Uh, but we'll see if Harris can get a full practice in, you know, and that will be our gauge to see, like, how healthy he actually is. Um, but if Harris plays, he's just a touchdown-dependent flex option at best in, in a tough matchup. I, I wouldn't want him you know, to aggravate that injury while he's in my lineup, you know, and then on top of that, he doesn't really offer too much upside, right? Um, I don't want to play Jacoby Myers this week. The Colts do give up a lot of fantasy points to wide receivers, but not to the slot. You know, in fact, they have given up the least amount of fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks and eight weeks. The perimeter is where they have trouble. So Kendrick Bourne, you know, he's a boom-bust flex play, but if you need some upside, he would be the play. Um, out of these wide receivers. He's not dependable. His role isn't the same every week, but he definitely presents, you know, random wide receiver one upside. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's back, you know, from the bye, and I know you guys missed him last week in your lineup, obviously. Uh, tough matchup for Michael Pittman. He's still, he, I would say he's like a wide receiver three play for me this week. Normally he's a wide receiver two, but he gets a bit of a downgrade uh, because of a potential shadow situation with J.C. Jackson. All right, moving on to the Washington football team at the Eagles. The Eagles are favored by 4.5 points, 44.5 over under. Washington is also in the midst of a bunch of COVID cases right now. Antonio Gibson is good. 
you know, for now, hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll be good, COVID-free. Uh, J.D. McKissick is still not practicing as of Wednesday. That's not a great sign. You know, he does still have that concussion. He's still in the protocol. Uh, we'll see, you know, what his, you know, if he's able to to go the rest of the week. But Gibson's usage last week uh, was amazing until he fumbled, right? He's an every down back, though, without McKissick. He's an RB1 start against Philly this week. If McKissick doesn't play, he, he definitely should be should be in. If McKissick does play, you, you downgrade him just a little bit. Taylor Heineke seems to be okay for this week. He practiced in full on Wednesday, so he should be good to go. Uh, hopefully the team doesn't get too decimated with COVID, right? Uh, Terry McLaurin, you know, hasn't practiced yet. It is possible that he misses this week with his concussion. Uh, I wouldn't be interested in any of Washington's other wide receivers, you know, because of the fact that this is a tough matchup. If McLaurin does end up going, I, I play him as a high-end wide receiver three uh, in a tough matchup against Darius Slay uh, and company. I wouldn't be playing Ricky Seals-Jones, even though it's a good matchup on paper. He only ran a route on 40% of dropbacks last week, and he was sharing the role with the rookie, John Bates. Now, it's possible that one of these you know, guys catches a touchdown because of the good matchup. It's just a little bit hard to rely on. Um, you know, th- there will be like deep streaming options. It, it's also possible that RSJ does you know, end up growing his role this week and gets that full-time you know, role back um, that we saw when, um, what's his name? got hurt Logan Thomas <laughs> when Logan Thomas got hurt um but but we'll see you know I just wouldn't be able to trust that right if you need a long shot short I'd plug in Seals Jones in a deep league with no other options on the wire Miles Sanders might play this week his his estimate on Wednesday was a, a limited designation you know in, uh, during their walkthrough if Sanders goes he's a low end RB2 with upside I wouldn't really play any of the other running backs if Sanders were to go uh, and if he doesn't go, Jordan Howard becomes a low-end RB2 and a touchdown-dependent option. Um, Boston Scott would also end up being a flex play uh, in that situation because the Eagles will likely go through their running backs and give them volume. Jordan Howard is also listed as a limited participant on Wednesday. If he or Sanders doesn't go, and I'm going through all the permutations here, Boston Scott would be a low-end RB2 in that case with Gainwell as the flex play. It was, it was recently revealed that Jason J- Jalen Hurts is, in fact, dealing with a high ankle sprain. Um, so probably less scrambling for him, probably less design runs for him. You know, while he recovers for that from that, he, you know, more targets for his receivers potentially. It's also not 100% that Hurts plays this week either. Um, but I think the receivers might get a little bit of an upgrade because this is a very run-heavy offense, and that includes Hurts. Uh, either way, you're starting Dallas Goddard as a solid tight end one. You know, you guys finally understand, hopefully, why I've been so bullish on this guy. You know, I kept saying that the blow-up is coming, and he had a 30-point week, finally, uh, when they started to throw the ball. Uh, Devontae Smith has been quiet for about a month now. Um, if Washington can't provide any pressure, you know, with their whole, you know, defensive line out this week because of COVID, he's a good play as a wide receiver three, uh, you know, with upside. Panthers at Bills, ten and a half. Their fa- Bills are favored by ten and a half in this game. Forty-three and a half over under. Uh, Josh Allen has a foot sprain. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he plays this week. Um, I wouldn't expect much rushing out of him if he does play, and I would expect more pass attempts. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, you look at their opponent. I'm not sure how much of that will be needed, you know, to take care of the Panthers this week. Uh, I'm okay starting Allen, but he's more of a mid to low-end QB for me this week uh, if he's not going to do a lot of, you know, if he's not going to get a lot of rushing work. I'm starting Diggs, uh, but, you know, keep in mind that he might see a shadow from Stephon Gilmore. So he's more of a, you know, I would say he's a high-end wide receiver too. 
If Diggs does get shadowed by Gilmore, Gabriel Davis might get a lot of C.J. Henderson, uh, who has been allowing some serious fantasy production, you know, on a per-route basis against him. So he has a good matchup, uh, Gabriel Davis does, and will get a full-route participation with Emmanuel Sanders out this week with a knee sprain. Um, He ran more than 80% of... He ran around on more than 80% of dropbacks last week. You might be wondering why I like Davis, you know, when Sanders himself, you know, wasn't able to stay consistent. I just think Davis might be better than Sanders at this point. Whenever he gets opportunities, you know, he has come through in the past. And even though he's been on limited time, you know, it is possible that, you know, he, he gets it done, you know, every week or, you know, at least some of the weeks while Sanders is out. Um, this is not a slam dunk start by any means, but I'd play him as a low and wide receiver three with upside this week. I'm not sure how competitive this game is going to be. Um, and we've seen Cole Beasley, you know, not be super involved in games that aren't competitive. But with Sanders out, maybe they continue to go 11 personnel, you know, who knows. But it's also possible they go into a shell, you know, and then go 12 personnel if they go up in this game like they've done in the past. Um, and by the way, I know I use those terms a lot, but just just in case for those who are wondering what 12 personnel means, 11 personnel, I'm just going to break it down real quick for you, real quick. 12 personnel, meaning two wide receivers, two tight ends, and a running back. And, you know, I like to be more informational, informational here. So just in case you don't know what the 12 means, it means one running back and two tight ends. So one, two is 12. 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. So, 1, 1, 11. 10 personnel, 1 running back, 0 tight ends, 10. And then you imply the number of wide receivers from there with whatever's left, right? 5 on offensive linemen, and you do the math. So, 12 personnel means 2 wide receivers in the field. 11 personnel means 3 wide receivers in the field. 10 personnel means 4 wide receivers on the field. That segment was brought to you by Upper Hand Fantasy. <laughs> uh, so, so, Beasley, you know, long story short, he's a boom-bust PPR flex option this week. Uh, by the way, Devin Singletary, Singletary played on 82% of snaps last week, you know, kind of on the low. You know, he only saw 11 opportunities, mostly in the past game. You know, it could have been because the Bills had zero plans on running the ball with their running backs against Tampa's solid front seven. And they liked Singletary best, you know, in the past game. Uh, maybe the other running backs are more involved in this game. I don't know. This isn't a great matchup for running backs. And even though Singletary played that many snaps, I'm not sure, you know, he gets much opportunity in this game, you know, which is so rare, right? You know, but seems to be true in this case. You, you tell me a running back is getting 82% of snaps, I'll tell you to put the ass in your lineup, right? Uh, but not in this case. Um, he's still a flex, though, you know, RB3 type of play, you know, if you really need it. Dawson Knox should be in lineups as a tight end one. Um, came through last week, tough matchup this week, but uh, he's still a tight end one start. Uh, Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by 8.5 points, 42-point 42, 42 over under. Uh, Robert Salo did tell us that Michael Carter will be back this week. No idea what his role will be in his first game back. It is possible that he walks into a three-man committee. Uh, maybe he gets his role back where he was playing like 65% of snaps. He was on the field in all situations. That's the hope, but it's a little bit tough to say, right? I play him as a low-end RB2 at best in his first week back. Um you know, but you never know, right? Hopefully it becomes like, a, you know, a Michael Carter, you know, Ty Johnson type of situation. As the primary, you know, perimeter wide receiver on the left side, Keelan Cole is a bit of a deep sleeper for me this week, like deep, deep. He did run around on 80% of dropbacks last week, and he plays primarily on the left perimeter. He ran 73% of his perimeter routes on the left side last week. 
Um, the Dolphins are giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers on that left side this year. Second most over the last eight weeks. So, if you're looking for somebody deep, something to think about. Crowder's matchup isn't great, but he is playable playable as a deep PPR flex if you need one. Uh, now, Braxton Berrios did get 10 targets last week, but he was rotating heavily. Um, he ran a route on less than 50% of dropbacks, and it is possible Denzel Mims gets uh, some more work this week. So, you know, the guys I think who will probably rotate the least are Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder. Jalen Waddle, solid wide receiver too. He's been at 28% target share or more over his last three weeks. Uh, he runs most of his routes from the slot, and the Jets are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last eight weeks, and the seventh most over the last four. The Jets have been stout against perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks, giving up the least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, also the third least amount of fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. Um, I, I'd still start Devontae Parker as a low-end wide receiver three with upside. Um, Parker has got it done before this year when healthy in tough matchups, so I'm okay putting him in my lineup. Um, Mike Gusecki had a much-needed solid game before the bye, an 11-target game for him, and now he gets a great matchup against the Jets. He's a solid tight end one this year, this week. Uh, we saw Dallas Goddard go off against the Jets two weeks ago, so there's some upside here for sure. Uh, good luck figuring out this Miami backfield this week. Obviously, it's a great matchup, so, so you want to chase it. I get it. Um, you know, Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, Philip Lindsay, they're all on the COVID list. Malcolm Brown has been designated to return from IR this week. It's possible that they activate him to the 53-man roster for this game. Um, it's either him or Duke Johnson, right, or both, assuming that all these, all these, all these guys, you know, are you know stay on the COVID list. Um we might get some more intel later in the week, but as of right now, you know, flip a coin between these two or just avoid it. You know, if I had to guess, you know, if Malcolm Brown is truly good to go, my guess is that he's going to be the primary guy because, you know, he was getting opportunities ahead of Miles Gaskin at the beginning of the year, right? Uh, the matchup is good, so I get wanting to chase the situation. Just stay up to date with my Instagram stories at Upper Hand Fantasy. Maybe I'll, you know, if there's anything that comes out, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be able to update you guys there. All right, Cowboys at the Giants. Cowboys are favored by 10.5 points, 44.5 over under. Uh, Dak isn't playing too well right now. His defense is playing well, so they also don't need him to go nuts every week. You know, three three bad fantasy performances over the last four weeks. Uh, If you want to look for a better option, I get it. Um, I I still think he's a QB1, you know, maybe a lower-end QB1, but still, you know, very startable. He has all of his wide receivers healthy, and once he starts clicking, you know, it'll click pretty well for him. His wide receivers have good matchups this week. I'm okay starting him. You know, hopefully you have a good enough roster around him to hold it down in case he doesn't come through. Um, But if you want to start guys like Tua, Cousins, Fields, uh, Taysom Hill, I get it. You know, I think Tua and Fields are probably the safest of those guys that I mentioned. CeeDee Lamb has a great matchup out of the slot. Um, start him as a high-end wide receiver, too. Amari Cooper might get shadow treatment from James Bradbury. Bradbury did shadow Mike Williams last week. He was relatively effective there. Uh, still, Amari is a low-end wide receiver, too. Michael Gallup, you know, he's seen 10, 8, 9, and 9 targets over the last four games. At least five catches in each of the last four as well. Um, he's a low-end wide receiver three option, but, you know, seems to have a pretty safe PPR floor. Zeke is an RB2 right now. Um, you know, Tony Pollard missed last week's games. 
last week's game, and, and the Cowboys refused to increase Zeke's role whatsoever. And you know he had the, exactly the same snap count from the week prior when Pollard was fine. This means that you know he's pretty banged up, and, and he won't be a workhorse in any situation this year. Um, he hasn't seen 15 carries, you know, since like week six. He hasn't seen 50 yards rushing in six weeks. The offense is still good. So he gives you a decent chance at a goal line look or two, but you know that's kind of what you're banking on. You know, in addition to the work that he gets in the pass game, which is kind of you know keeping his floor you know upright in PPR leagues. Uh, I don't trust any Giants player <laughs> for fantasy right now without Daniel Jones. You know, I guess outside of Saquon Barkley, tough matchup, but I'm fine starting Saquon as a PPR RB two, relatively safe floor because of his role in the pass game. All right, Titans at the Steelers. The Steelers, the Titans are favored by one and a half points, 41 and a half over under. Uh, Julio Jones didn't get a full run in his first game back last week. He ran a route on about 60% of dropbacks. He still ended up getting 80% of targets. So, you know, with a good matchup on deck and assuming his routes go up, I'd start him as a wide receiver three. And, you know, and this game will likely be a, a bit more competitive than the Jacksonville game last week. And by the way, Joe Hayden hasn't practiced as of Wednesday. Uh, I'd start Deontay Foreman in this game as an RB2. He gets boosted up to an RB2 because of the matchup. The Steelers have just been really bad against the run lately. Um, Foreman was the guy to start the game last week. He got all the carries on the first drive, got the touchdown on the first drive, but he got later. He got hurt later in the game. Um, and, you know, I think it was his bicep or his, his arm. Uh, he, he's fine, though. He didn't get as much of a workload, you know, despite the lead that they had because of it. Um, so this will probably be more of a two-man show. Between him and Hilliard with McNichols sprinkling in here and there. He did come in late in that game last week when Foreman was banged up. But I think Foreman is clearly the 1A right now. Um, and he has some upside this week. Najee Harris is an RB1 start, you know, playing on almost every single snap. Deontay Johnson is a low-end wide receiver one start. Good matchup. Chase Claypool is a wide receiver three as well. Despite, you know, some of the dumbass decisions he's making on the field, you know, he saw eight targets and 80-plus yards in three of his last four games. Um, and, you know, now you might know why he was a buy low for me several weeks back when Juju went down. Uh, decent matchup for him as well. Hopefully he doesn't get benched again in this game. Pat Firemuth is running a decent amount of routes, uh, but he's not getting the targets you want. 10%, 12%, 8% over the last three weeks. His touchdowns is what's saving you if you've been starting him. So low end tight end one with touchdown upside. This is also a relatively tough matchup for tight ends, but you know it might not be as bad as it looks on paper because they haven't seen you know a bunch of great tight ends this year. Um, I do think Ben is you know streamable in a deep league if there aren't many options on the waiver wire. I'm cool with it, and he's been he's been coming through for the most part. Um, all right, guys, that's eight matchups right there. Uh, next eight matchups coming tomorrow on Friday's in Friday's episode. That that episode will be dropping Friday morning. I hope you guys, you know, win your playoffs, playoff matchups this week. Let's make it to round two. If you got a first round by, you chilling. I hope you got a first round by. And if you hey, listen, if you got a first round by, you still listening to this. I love you. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. I'll see you guys tomorrow. See ya.